0: Good morning, Sunrise. Welcome to church on this great day, on this second Sunday of Advent. It's good to be here with you. Good to be here worshiping with you and seeking God together. Um, Last Sunday, as I was gone, Joe was here to lead worship for me. Um, Started things off, started worship off on the first Sunday of Advent a little differently. We've um, been—he started with a a call and response— a reading to to do together, and it 's something that uh, I came across a while back, and we 'll be doing that each Sunday of Advent leading up to christmas so today we 'll do another one a little different than last week, um, and each Sunday after that call and response um, we 're going to move into the same hymn um, each Sunday as well. Uh, again a hymn come thou long expected jesus i think it fits so perfectly with the season of advent the season of of longing and anticipation for jesus's birth is coming on christmas day so um why don't you guys stand with me uh this screen it'd be pretty obvious i will be the leader you guys will be the all um so we'll do this together and then at the end of this reading uh there's a we'll all do it together a couple of lines together so Let's, let's do this reading together. Anticipation grows within us. The day of your incarnation is near. There is no heart in the world that is too far away for you to reach. The day of your incarnation is near. There is no situation nor challenge that is outside the realm of your concern and care. There is power of this age, nor the age to come, that can hold us in bondage. In this second week of Advent, we sing with the prophets. In this second week of Advent, we
1: shout with the children.
0: In this second week of Advent, we pray with believers around the world. Saving Lord, intervene in this good world and restore all things to your original purpose. Lord, we recognize that you are the God who draws near to your creation. You are not far, not distant, not oblivious to our needs. Come, save us from our enemies within and without. Rescue us from the idolatries of our age and renew our voice to sing once again of your saving power in our world. We prepare our hearts in this Advent season by praying, listening, singing, and responding to your saving acts of love in history. With the ancients who awaited you, we say, Living Lord, come among us. Amen. Let's sing together.
2: Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to sin. I think
0: pray together Oh God you are good Your name is to be praised Jesus you are the prince of peace The mighty God Everlasting Father And Jesus as we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent we look to your birth on the on Sunday December 25th on Christmas day we wait in anticipation, this longing in our hearts, and we say, come, Lord Jesus. We're so happy to worship you and to feel that anticipation, that longing that the the wise men had on their journey, that months-long journey to see the newborn king. God, let that anticipation grow in our hearts. we love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Why don't you guys take a seat? Once again, good morning. I have a couple of announcements for you, but before I roll into all that, um, I want to say another welcome to you all. Welcome to you guys worshiping with us online as well. And for all of you guys here in the sanctuary, for those of you guys in the sanctuary, what I'm about to say, the announcements— are on a QR code in front of you, on some of those chairs in front of you, also on the screen behind me in a sec. For those of you guys worshiping online, um, there'll be a a link that'll pop in the comments. And if it is your first time visiting with us or worshiping with us today, I want to say a special welcome to you. Also, that QR code will bring you to our announcement page, which on the top, there is a special banner that says, a special welcome to you guys. If you click on that, there's a couple of questions we'd like you guys to fill out um, that we have just a couple of questions for you, We also you guys can take that opportunity to ask us some questions about Sunrise, what, the church is, what this church is all about. And then if you wouldn't mind, after the service heading out to the Connect table. We have a, a lovely little gift we'd like to give you. This is a thank you for coming this morning. Now, on to the announcements. Um, a couple things as it's Christmas time. We've got some fun Christmas things coming up. Uh, but first, we have Pulp Theology this Tuesday night at 6.30, Hudsonville Grill. We do this every first Tuesday of the month down at Hudsonville Grill. So guys, come on out. We have some great theological discussions sometimes. Not really theological, but we have a, a great time connecting as guys over some drinks. So come on out. If, this is, if you've never been to it before, um, it's Tuesday night, come on out, and then we can add you guys to that uh, email list, so you'll get those prompts about when to come. Next, um, and into the Christmas stuff, Youth Group Ugly Christmas Sweater Party will be this Wednesday, December 14th. So 6th through 12th graders, throw on your ugliest Christmas sweater. Yes, yes. And join us for a night of fun games with great people. So guys, come on out. If, again, if you've been to youth group, this is a normal thing for you. If you've not been, this maybe the first time, this is a great time to come because you can be yourself, wear your, your ugly Christmas sweater, and just be crazy together. So come on out this Wednesday, not this Wednesday. Next Wednesday. It's the 14th. That's next Wednesday. So don't come this—if you can wear your ugly Christmas sweater this Wednesday if you want to, but you might be by yourself. Then uh, also, two weeks from this Sunday, on December 18th, the uh, Sunrise Kids, so there are kindergarten through fifth graders, will be having their happy birthday Jesus celebration. They'll be having a fun party back there with lots of sugary things, so parents, beware on that Sunday. Have a fun time back there on December 18th. So um, if you guys are worshiping online with us, um, you guys are, your kids will have a fun time in service back in Sunrise Kids on Su- December 18th. That's the last announcement from me. So now we're going to transition to our greeting time, or take a few minutes to greet one another. Maybe say hi to someone you haven't said hi to in a while. And this is the time for the kiddos to exit onto Sunday, sunrise kids. This is Julie B. waiting for you guys in the lobby. You guys can find your ways back to your seats if you haven't already. We'll continue on in the service. Well, if you guys um, did not get the prayer email this week. Um, well, if you did get it, you would know that Pastor Dennis and his family are down in Ohio uh, right now. Actually, maybe on their way back right now. But um, uh, his wife, Amy's dad, passed away this past week. So they were down there in Ohio. What was that? Mom. mom I'm sorry, mom. Got- Her mom passed away this past week. And they had the funeral, and they're on their way back. Um, so we have a guest speaker um, speaking with us this morning. And Dennis asked if he could give a little introduction for her. So we have a video of Pastor Dennis giving introductions. So turn your eyes to the screen above me and uh, hear from him.
3: Before I introduce our speaker for this morning, I just want to send out a heartfelt thank you for all the thoughts and the prayers over the last few days. As of your viewing of this video, uh, we will have laid Amy's mom to rest yesterday morning. We're thankful for your prayers and your thoughts and your texts and messages on Facebook. I'm really bummed that I'm not there this morning to introduce your speaker for today. Brittany Stichter is a dear friend and former colleague at Bella Vista Church. She is the Director of Ministries at Bella Vista. We've worked together for several years. She is a graduate of Grand Rapids Theological Seminary with her MDiv and won the Hebrew Award when she graduated. She is a certified spiritual director and has a heart and a passion to see people grow in Jesus. She has been and is both a Barnabas and a Timothy in my life. Uh, I am so excited for you to be able to, to listen to my daughter Michaela's second favorite preacher. Now, before you get too excited, I'm not number one. You'll have to wait a few months to meet her favorite preacher, but Brittany ranks high on that list. She is an unbelievable teacher and a better friend. We are so thankful for her being with us this morning to bring the word to each of you. All right, Brittany. Love you. Go get him.
4: Well, if you know me at all, I'm never anywhere without crying, so we'll just get that out of the way right now. Oh, you guys got a good pastor. I miss him. So, uh, like Dennis said, I'm Brittany, and it's really good to be with all of you this morning. Um. So when Dennis texted me, when Dennis texted me on Tuesday and asked if I could preach, we were talking about what I would. What I would preach on. And I was saying, Well, remember that I'm not like practiced at this. He's like, Oh, just preach. Just preach something you've preached before. Anything on love will be great. It's the second week of Advent. And I was like, Dennis, I don't. I had two thoughts. Dennis, I don't have a sermon that I've written on love because remember, I've preached very few times. And two, this is fine. I'll write a new sermon on love. I talk about love all the time, right? This is on my Instagram. My friends are sick of hearing me talk about love. I've, I've made my life a little bit different to make more space for love to join me. Is this the, ready? See, I've never used a clicker before. This is new for me. This is love. Uh, (laughs) This is my cat. Her name is Love. And um, before I adopted her, that was already her name. So I thought, this is great. I'll just talk about my cat. It'll be a sermon on love. It'll be fine. See, I, thank you. Uh, But actually, there would be worse things. See, if I were going to rename my cat, I think it would have to be Ariel because she just wants to be where the people are, or especially where I am. And as I thought about this cat who's so desperate to be with me, she was complaining this morning because we were out of our rhythm and I didn't have time to just sit and hold her. She's so desperate to be with me. And as I thought about what is an Advent sermon on love, I thought, oh, isn't it about a God who just wants to be with us. I know, cheesy preacher, it's fine. Isn't it about a God who so badly wants to be with God's people? A God who is perfect and powerful and lived in glory and holiness and majesty, who's never known limit or want or need or injustice or conflict, who said, I will do anything to be with them and took on the form of a baby. Isn't that what Advent is about. As if that's not enough, the other thing you need to know about my cat, she's gone, that's fine, um, is she's a little bit broken. I have a disabled cat. She has, I kid you not, it's a real thing, she has wobbly cat syndrome. She always looks drunk. She can't control her body. She like stumbles around. She, cats are known for being quiet, lithe creatures. She clumps like a fat dog. Um, She has accommodations. She can't quite get on the couch. But again, she's more beloved for her brokenness and her limits. When I was adopting her, I thought, what if somebody who doesn't know her belovedness in her brokenness takes her home? And instead of me, what if somebody who doesn't understand that for all of her limits, for all of her neediness, for all of her drunk little stumbles, She's more worth it. She's funnier. I promise she's, this condition doesn't put her in pain. It's fine that I laugh at her falling over. I promise it's fine. Thank you. Um, what if somebody doesn't know? And I thought, ooh, that's a good sermon too. She's more beloved for her brokenness. Um, this morning as I preach, there are a few points that I'm going to kind of go quickly through some texts or some sermon um, No. Themes, some concepts. If you're in the church, if these are stories and verses you know, remember how big this story is, that sometimes we don't have time to go back into it and we just have to allude to it and move on. Remember that this story is big and is amazing and is mind-blowing, and how incredible that is. If these are not stories you know, I promise my heart is not to make you feel like an outsider, and I apologize now. Please find me, find Dan, find Dennis. We would love to tell you more about these stories and these texts and these backgrounds. Please don't stay feeling like an outsider. Let us know. Talk to somebody. But this God who is perfect, who is holy, who is just, who's never known conflict or need or hurt or oppression or injustice or disability, took on the flesh of a person became an embryo, and spent nine months in a uterus, and then was a toddler. Do you think maybe he felt wobbly when he was a teen? Do you think, so we don't know what it's like to be fully God and fully person. I don't know if Jesus always knew that he was God. In which case, wouldn't it have felt kind of wobbly to be exactly like the other teens, and also nothing like the other teens or the other kids? Or if he was coming to know through, through Mary's testimony, through the testimony of the Spirit in his life, if he was coming to know himself as fully God and fully man, wouldn't that have felt kind of wobbly and kind of weird? But this God who created the world, who made people because God loves people and wants to be in a relationship with them, and then people sinned and broke the connection between God and man, So God instituted the sacrificial system and said, I will make a way for you to be in right relationship with me. And the priests and especially the high priests stood in a gap between people and God and said, we will make, or God said, this is the path back to right relationship with me. And then God said, we're going to do even more. And God knowingly took on the limits of being a person. He said, I will become like them as much as I love my drunk cat, even if it makes her life better, I'm not going to become like her. I'm just not doing it. It's not, it's not in the cards for me. But God did. Said, if I can make their life better, if I can love them more, if I can bring them back into flourishing relationship with me, I will take on everything it means to be human. The other thing, um, this week as I was talking to my pastor, Pastor Chad at Bella Vista, about this sermon and about my fears and my overthinking, I finally said, you know, all I can bring is where God has me right now. I'm in a season of struggle and of wrestling. And so it's probably not fair to call what I bring you today a sermon. It's more like my story of where I am right now with God, my testimony. So I would have loved to have brought you... (laughs) Perfectly exegeted text and all the cultural backgrounds and all the good things, but my limits this week are this is what I have, and all I can give to you is the gift God is giving me. So forgive me for that. But this story of a God who is so much could co- so quickly demand so much of us. If God was willing to put all of that on, if God was willing to suffer for us, if God was willing, then I'd better. I'd better go tell other people this story. I'd better prove to God that I'm thankful. I'd better make sure that I'm living on mission. I'd better fill in the blank. We better make sure that God's investment in us is worth it, that we're doing something with it. And the church has told that story. I've told that story. I've lived that story. But the reality is, if this God knowingly said, I will become person, I will go from being infinite to being limited. I will go from phenomenal cosmic power, itty-bitty living space. Aladdin, anybody? If God was willing to do that, then probably God is okay with the fact that I am not infinite, that I have limits. And God's probably not worried about a good return on investment on his salvation and his mission to save the world because if God wanted a good return on investment, incarnation wasn't the way to do it. God spent nine months in utero, not even able to love anyone well. And then God became a toddler. And I don't know if you have met toddlers, but they are not spreading the kingdom of God anywhere. Chaos, confusion, stress, exhaustion. Yes. With the exception of when they get tired and they settle in and they lean into your chest, then maybe they're spreading the kingdom somewhere. God wasn't worried about being efficient. Jesus spent 30 years not doing ministry and three years doing ministry. That's a bad return on investment. God came as human instead of a spirit, as a machine, and needed breaks, and needed rest. That's not a good return on investment. And then Jesus gave the mission to take the kingdom of God where the kingdom of God isn't to people. Bad return on investment. We forget. We get tired. We have to be reminded that we're loved. We have to be reminded what we're doing. We have to be reminded who God is and the story of Christmas. This is why we come back to it every year, because we're forgetful. It's not like we were a good choice to effectively do this thing in the world. But if God is love, then I am freed from worrying about not wasting any moment in my life. This week I was talking with somebody who was recovering from surgery and she'd had three weeks um, off to recover and she was really excited to get back into journaling and reading Christian books and spending more time with the Lord. And then she said, it was a waste because I was on pain meds and I couldn't do that. Well, hon, it's not a waste. God knows that you have limits. Your body is made in a certain way. Some of us are night owls. Some of us... Our early birds, I think Jesus was an early bird. Did you notice how many times he gets up while it's still dark to go pray? I am not an early bird. <laughs> like I'm not. Can I stay up while it is still dark to go pray and then sleep until it's time to go? I'm freed from worrying about did I waste my time because I could have been praying and instead I just laid there on pain meds. I'm freed from that. If this is a God of love, who knew what it would be to be human and did it anyway i 'm freed from parsing out my motives. I was told um, a couple weeks ago about a job that will be opening soon it 's not on the job market yet, but it will be and as i 'm trying to decide, am I going to apply for this job, I thought, okay, maybe this is how god 's going to provide for me it 'll better provide for my financial stability it 'll be a good fit and I've worked hard and I've fought lies and I've wrestled to get to the place where I'm willing to say I am a ministry leader as a woman in West Michigan. But maybe it's become a thing of pride and like God will provide better for my finances and I can, maybe God has for me in this a lesson of this is how I'm gonna provide for you and we're gonna address that pride deep in your heart. But maybe I should stay in my current job because then I have to keep growing my faith and trust that God will provide for me. Do you see? This unceasing, like, What does God want to do with me so that he gets the best return on his investment of provision in my life? If God is a God of love, that's not how God works. I'm freed from ceaselessly parsing my motives. As I was talking with my spiritual director about this um, wrestling, she said, Well, is that a question God's asking you, what your motives are for choosing this job or that job? Or are you asking you? Or is culture asking you? Who's asking you that? It's a really good question. Who's asking you that? Is God asking you to parse your motives? Or is God saying, I love you. You have choices. I've made you. I know what you're made for. We're freed. So as I was processing with my director and she was asking me these really great questions, the text that I finally landed on, okay, what, is, what am I doing and, and where is God and who am I? This is what I heard over and over in my head. I later remembered it's from Isaiah 30, verse 15 says this For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, You will be delivered by returning and resting. Your strength will lie in quiet confidence. Other versions say, Your salvation is found in returning and resting. This is hard for West Michiganders. For kids whose grandparents were Mennonites. For people who who live in a capitalistic society where we're worried about getting the best return. God says, you will be delivered by resting. Further down the page, it says, Therefore the Lord is waiting to show you mercy and is rising up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a just God and all who wait patiently for him are happy. These are promises to Israel, and I'm not Israel. These are not God's promises of deliverance for me, so I can't just copy-paste. But what I can say is this tells me a lot about the kind of God that I say I serve. And in that way, what God is saying to the Israelites, God is saying to me too. Further, I know this because Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is made to fit you. If you've been in church, you've probably heard preachers talking about the yoke was made to specifically fit each animal so that it was perfectly made for who they were. If God is love and God understands our limits, God is working in a way that is perfectly fit with who I am, with who you are, with how you're made, with whether you're an early bird or a night owl. God's not calling you to change who you are, but to be freed to live into who you are. That can mean a lot of things. We mean it in context of, does who I am align with scripture? or not. There is sin that is part of who we are. That's not what I'm saying. But if this God is a God of love, I'm invited into rest. We proclaim the gospel when we're able to take off the frantic churning and motive parsing and and running and seeking to earn approval from God, and we stop the frantic running. When we say, I don't have to make sure... That God is pleased with me. I don't have to make sure that I'm giving enough back. Don't hear me wrong. Yes, we take the kingdom where the kingdom is not. Yes, we get off our butts and we go do the work of the kingdom and we have the hard conversations. I'm not here to absolve you this morning if God has been saying to you, hey, maybe in this season you get up and you go work in third grade Sunday school. I'm not here to absolve you of that. If God is saying, hey, You need to have that hard conversation with your spouse, your kid, your parent, your boss, your ex-best friend. I'm not here to absolve you of that. What I am here to say is if you're doing that to make sure that you're somebody God can love, that I'm here to absolve you of. You're already loved. If a God is willing to become less than infinite— He's okay if we're also less than infinite and if sometimes we need a break. And if sometimes we have to live how we're made. Has anyone ever told you that the way you're made is good? With your disabilities, with your need for a nap, with the fact that rest for you is doing yard work. You're, you're weird, but you're fine. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you that if you're an introvert, That's good. If you're an extrovert, that's good. If you can't get up while it's still dark to spend time with the Lord, that doesn't mean you love him less. Has anyone ever told you? I hope so. We have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness. Hebrews 4. If Jesus took on all these limits, If this is the story of the world, that God God was in relationship with people and then people broke that relationship. And then God instituted the sacrificial system and the priests were responsible for executing the sacrifices to keep this relationship going, to keep people's access to God open. And then Jesus was the better high priest and the better sacrifice. And we celebrate at Christmas the coming of a full God in full human form. He's the better high priest Because he knows our weaknesses. He took on our limits and our illnesses. And he can sympathize. If Jesus was fully human, which we say we believe, sometimes his brain ran too hard and too fast too and tried to parse out his motives and tried to decide what the better option was and wasn't just freed to say, maybe it's okay, I need to make a good decision, but I am beloved and that's okay too. If Jesus was fully human, his brain ran too fast too, like mine. We proclaim God when we're willing to step back and rest and slow down. That is the gospel that we celebrate at Advent. Advent is the time where we sit in the tension between God who came once and initiated a new kingdom where we learn to live out of the fact that we are beloved. Jesus was named as loved before he started his ministry. We are named as love, loved before we begin to do the things for the kingdom. And even if we're kind of lazy on the far side of becoming a Christian, we're still beloved. And we no longer need to participate in the, the chaos that is the Christmas season in order to be enough if we don't throw all the parties, if we don't have the perfect glittery sequin dresses for Christmas, if we don't, whatever, we're still enough. It's gospel when we push back against the chaos of the Christmas season and culture and say, whoa, this season I'm going to take a break. This season, if I go to the parties, it's because I'm already loved. And if I stay home, it's because I'm already loved. How's that for countercultural gospel witness in the world? I refuse to be called into this churning. Rest will look like many different things for many different people, but it's congruent with how you're made. And I know this because God chose to be made in a specific way. God wasn't, God was all things to all people, but God wasn't all people. He wasn't both fully extroverted and fully introverted, he wasn't both allergic to, to apricots and not allergic to apricots. He was one of the two. He was made in a specific way. So I have very little to give you today except my story. Except that I'm wrestling with maybe God isn't utilitarian in my life, worrying about teaching me the best lesson and forming me as fast as God can form me. Maybe God is saying, you're beloved and you can rest and I'll work it out and trust me. And yes, there are good decisions to be made. Yes, there are bad decisions to be made but you're not defined by them. So, today, in this Christmas season, slow down. Going back to Matthew again, did you hear what Jesus said? Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This Advent season, you're invited to spend more time with Jesus. Sit and read one chapter a day. Get to know this God who was wildly human. Get to know Him. You're absolved of the other need to dos if you need that. Know yourself as beloved first. Let's pray. Oh God, you are so good. God, the fact that you would become an embryo and spend nine months waiting to be able to be in relationship with your people blows my mind. Remind us this week that it's okay. It's okay if our devotions look more like sitting in your presence and less like reading three devotional books and parsing out the language in a text. Remind us that you have named us beloved even before we got up. And that out of that, we do the work of taking your kingdom where your kingdom is not. We do the work of fighting for justice and dignity for each person because they too are made in your image, but not before we know that to be true of ourselves. Hold us in your heart and in your laps and remind us that if we rest like a tired toddler, that might be more kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, that you came as a baby so long ago in Bethlehem. For the story of rejoicing, for the story of choosing a teenage girl, for the story of announcing your presence to the least of these and the lowly and the outcasts. Hold our hearts this week and draw our hearts and our faces back to yourself. Let us look at you. Turn our hearts and our eyes to see only Jesus. Amen.
0: We're going to take this next um, few minutes to sing, to worship, to continue our gaze up to God. And we'll also use this time to give of our tithes and offerings, to sow back into the kingdom of what God has, God has blessed us with. So let's sing together.
4: Emmanuel and yes, we take that to them. But first you're beloved. Hear these words again from Matthew this time from the message. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll live to learn learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. You're dismissed.